Today, we've got a couple of Amazon sellers who have sold millions of dollars on Amazon the last few years, and they're going to give some special strategies on things like selling supplements, how to offer products that have huge profit margins, and even a cool strategy on how to use eBay to sell Amazon open box products. How cool is that? Pretty cool, I think. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Serious Sellers Podcast by Helium 10. I am your host, Bradley Sutton, and this is the show that's a completely BS-free, unscripted, and unrehearsed, organic conversation about serious strategies for serious sellers of any level in the e-commerce world. We've got two serious sellers on the line here, and now I have a seriously hard time pronouncing both of your names, so instead of me butchering it, I want to hear how you pronounce your names, because I, I, I think I'm maybe doing it right, but... Go ahead and introduce yourselves. Hey guys, uh, my name is Hui Wen, and um, so obviously it's very difficult if you just look at my name; it's uh, difficult to pronounce. So um, you know, I used to be in corporate marketing, and the easiest way for people to pronounce my name was just I just said, "Hey, my name is Hui Wen." So that's an easy way for you guys to remember. <laughs> I love it. I'll never forget that, that again. <laughs> obviously, not spelled that way, and uh, I know everybody pronounces my name differently. But uh, in corporate marketing, you just got to make it so that people can remember it. I love it. I love it. And the other gentleman we have on the line, go ahead. Hey, guys. Uh, yeah, so I'm Ankit Patel. Uh, people uh, also pronounce my name sometimes differently. Uh, it, it say They say Ankit or Ankit, but either is fine. So, you know. All right. So Ankit and Hui. We, like, you, you have a theme song. We you can be like, all I do is win, win, win. So that would be like your, <laughs> your theme song, I guess, huh? Yeah, we used to do a lot of uh, presentations on stage, so um, the guys used to always just mess with me and put a, uh, put that song on. That was like the number one song. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Now, the way the the way we start off the shows is is I like showing how diverse everybody's background is, whether it's where people grew up or or their their kind of like uh, employment background. Everybody is completely different. You know, we've had people who are dentists and doctors and and models and chiropractors and and people who just, you know, are paratroopers. I mean, all kinds of different backgrounds. We never had two that are exactly the same. So I'd love to to first find out, and Keith, where were you uh, born and raised? Yeah, Bradley, thank you. Uh, I was born and raised in India, a state called Gujarat. And then I came to United States when I was 17 years old, and I was in my 12th standard. Uh, okay, so so then before, before then, before you came to the States, when you were like still in grade school or middle school, did, did you have a vision of like what you wanted to be when you grew up? Uh, when I was younger, actually, yes, I was always, every time I hang out with my friends, I had that entrepreneurial bug in me. Mm. I was always making plans like having, owning a factory and how we're going to become a steel king and all kind of things because we're always watch those videos and news. So I was always wanted to sell stuff. My family had some business back in India, so I would always go to their you know, uh, factories and uh, also through their office and whatever they were selling. I always try to sell it on my own, even though when I was little and trying to make a few uh, uh, rupees out of it. And mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, and that was my okay. entrepreneurial bug back then. How about how about you? We were, where were you uh, born and raised? Um, I was actually born here, uh, and I grew up most of my life in Orange County, and uh, just kind of born and raised here. My parents um, were refugees from the Vietnam War. They came over here. And, um, 
in uh, 1975. And, you know, I've been fortunate to live here in Orange County and grow up most of my life here. Cool. So, so growing up here in Orange County, what were your ambitions like, you know, around the same age that uh, Anki was talking about? What did you want to be when you grew up? Well, I think, um, you know, if uh, there's a lot of other immigrant or Asian uh, sellers that are out there, they may understand this. It's not necessarily about what my ambitions were, but it was really about what my parents' <laughs> ambitions were, right? Yep, so I, I can relate. <laughs> so I think that, um, you know, as mentioned that my parents are, um, you know, they were refugees from the Vietnam War. They came over here uh, with really nothing and at a severe disadvantage. And they had a good life uh, over there in Vietnam. And when they came over here, their life just kind of got upended. And, um, you know, both of them are doctors now and, you know, they made it. And it's one of those things where I think that, um, you know, as immigrants, they always strive for the best and they want their children to be better than them. Mm -hmm. So I didn't really have much choice of what I wanted to be when I was growing up. It was more about just, um, you know, study hard. You need to be a doctor, lawyer, or, uh, some sort of professional. And that was pretty much it. But, um, you know, for me growing up, I think, you know, my passion was, um, I liked to do a lot of different things. I think they just had the entrepreneurial uh, spirit kind of as I was growing up. So same as Anki. I try, like it. Yeah, man. Try to find ways to, you know, flip uh, business cards, comic books, sell candy. And I think that's probably like, I hear a lot of that uh, similarity mm -hmm. with other sellers that uh, have, um, you know, gone on these podcasts and um, other things. It was just more of that thing where, you know, try to figure out some sort of, uh, something to sell, something to trade, something to barter, right? Just yep. to uh, do something and kind of earn it. And that was one of those things that I think that my parents as refugees and uh, growing up, uh, you know, in a new country, they had to go through a lot of uh, struggle and strife. And, um, you know, it just translated back to you know, my work ethic. They ended up uh, getting in a lot of trouble in high school. And, um, you know, uh, I felt bad. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, I said, all right, well, I better do something to make my parents happy. So I did end up going to college here. I went to college at UC Riverside. Okay. So not too far from uh, Orange County. Yeah. And then what was your major? Uh, my major was business. But, um, you know, to be honest, that's it's pretty general. Uh, as I was going through college, I think that, you know, the college experience was more, uh, you know, I realized that I didn't really learn too much uh, actually going to class in college. But I learned a lot from the people around me and some of the professors that were there, not just like straight course material, but uh, ultimately at the end of the day, just I think hearing other people's experience and just learning how to deal with people in general, that was like probably the best mm -hmm, part of mm -hmm. uh, college for me. Okay, cool. Now, uh, Anki, going back to you, you said you came here like senior year. So when you graduated high school, did you go to uh, college yourself? Yes, Bradley. Actually, I went to the uh, community college, which is CLC. It stands for College of Lake County. But, you know, uh, people always make fun of it and they say, oh, yeah, you went to the college of last chance. So that, that, that's where <laughs> I went. <laughs> where is that? Uh, you know, I'm down here. I'm, I'm the northwest suburbs of Chicago. So, okay. uh, yeah, uh, and uh, Chicago, Illinois. And that's where I have the community college. college and then did you end up gaining a AA degree? Uh, yes, I have associate degree, <laughs> actually, just like how we say it as an immigrant parents, it's not what you want to do in the college. Um, uh, I actually did what my parents wanted to do, go to healthcare because healthcare always has a job, right? Uh, like any other immigrant parents, because at that time, all those, uh, tech companies, Motorola and things, they were all getting a layoff. So a lot of the family members got a laid off. So I ended up becoming, uh, uh, MRI and x-ray technologist. So I went for, you know, I went to college and I said, 
I need to make a, a $40,000 a year. And I actually make a list how much money I need to buy an apartment, groceries, go to a few movies and have fun a little bit. Cool. So how did you get into e-commerce? One of my cousin had a, a cell phone company there. So I was sitting at his place and he was selling and, I, and he says, you should start a business. And I said, okay, let's do this. So then I started whatever he, is, he was selling. We went to market, bought the cell phone cases and stuff. And then I started listing on eBay. I ended up getting a fake product. Pretty soon people find out it was fake and my eBay account got shut off. And oh. that's what happened. And then I, I was under the shock and I'm like, okay, well, what's next? I want to do business. I can just fail and wait and sit around, right? So since I had that entrepreneurial bug when I was young and I wanted to do it, so I didn't quit. And then I started exploring Amazon. And from that, rest is history. Okay, cool. Uh, going back to we, what, what, what was your entry? Like what year and, and how did you get into e-commerce? Um, yeah, I mean, I think that from uh, the e-commerce side, I think I had my first taste uh, was eBay maybe 20 years ago. So um, it's been a, quite a wild ride where I think that, you know, when eBay first came out, um, it was, you know, you can buy anything on eBay. You know, it was one of the only online shopping marketplaces that was out there where it allowed private sellers a opportunity to put things up there. So, um, you know, uh, as I mentioned before, you know, my parents wanted me be, be, to become a doctor. I obviously did not become a doctor and I've had like 12 different uh, career changes, I would say, um, you know, in the past 20 years. And, um, you know, I was always looking for to do something on my own, but, you know, coming out of college and not having, um, you know, not having a high paying job, you just kind of have to figure it out. Like I went from uh, property management to uh, real estate. And, um, you know, that whole time I was just looking, I was, I guess I was the bigger consumer on eBay, just buying a bunch of stuff I didn't need. But then I found opportunities there where, you know, you can buy things in the store and then do retail arbitrage and sell those things back on eBay. When Amazon first came about, that was uh, just a huge opportunity that, you know, we saw uh, eight years ago. It's a lot different than it is now. There was much less sellers. And, um, but the opportunity now on Amazon, Amazon is just insane. Okay. So uh, how many marketplaces are you selling right now? As far, and what I consider marketplaces, you know, Amazon USA, Amazon Canada, eBay, Amazon UK, et cetera. Yeah, um, so we're selling on Amazon uh, US or Amazon.com. We're selling in the UK, Germany. Um, we're also, you know, we dabbled in Amazon China when that was still around, but that was a pretty epic fail for Amazon in general. And, um, you know, in addition to Amazon, we're also selling on Walmart. And now we're also selling on eBay. Um, we've taken a look at uh, eBay, not because uh, we wanted to sell there necessarily, but um, it was more for for brand protection. Mm -hmm. A lot of people oh, take yeah. our product. Yeah. And as I mentioned, everyone was selling on eBay. And so we do sell in the health supplements and beauty category. So there's, um, you know, it's a very uh, competitive category. It's obviously very popular. Um, and there's a lot of competitors. But one of the things that's really important in marketing health supplements is, uh, you know, so that you don't get in trouble as a brand and also for you to protect your brand is, you know, you can't make certain health claims and you need to control your marketing. So uh, there are a lot of people that just list stuff on eBay. They take our products, they'll do arbitrage from Amazon to eBay or Walmart to eBay. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, they, when we saw some of the prices that were, they were selling our products at and we're like, that's just amazing. And you look at the sales history of what has been sold and what it's sold for. It's just insane. It was 
a lot higher than what we normally sell our products on these other marketplaces, but it was just a different customer set uh, that was on eBay. And also, you know, like I had mentioned, the brand protection is huge. And that's you, you want to make sure that people are saying the right things about your product and the people that are reselling your product are also, um, you know, doing your product justice. So it doesn't look, you know, because the thing with Amazon is you've got a certain template of, uh, of what your product page can look like and you can kind of control that. But with eBay and some of these other marketplaces where they just allow multiple people to have individual listings, uh, the eBay templates are looking pretty crappy. Yep. So and that's yep. one of those things where it was really a brand protection play. We thought about it for a long time and said, hey, you know what? There's a lot of people selling these products. What's the harm? Because, you know, we're getting a lot of sales from that because they're just buying it full price from Amazon yeah. and, and arbitraging. I said, you know, I'm not going to knock anybody's hustle for that. But I think that, you know, as we're trying to become a better business and control our brand, um, you know, we looked at eBay. Yeah, I totally can, actually, can speak to that uh, because, you know, if you don't sell your own products on eBay, I guarantee somebody else will. And you might think, oh, this is weird. You know, like, why is my $30 product, why is somebody listing it for $60 on eBay? You know, that, that must be a something weird. You know, nobody's going to buy it. And then you look and like, wait a minute, people are buying it. So like, if you just list at the yeah. same price and you can do even even better. So out of all those marketplaces you said, I, I mean, I know I still we're, we're still in the, the, not even the middle yet of, of Q4 here. What is yeah. what do you think you're going to end up with for 2020 sales across all platforms? You know that's a good question. Um, then that really, I think that we'll probably end up um, in the mid seven figure range. And um, I say that because you know it depends on how much product that we have available that we can push. There's you know with COVID, our sales have gone up just like a lot of other yep. Amazon sellers, especially in the health category as well. But at the same time, because we also source our own uh, ingredients and um, we have different manufacturing partners for different products, um, that's been the challenging part is, um, you know, ultimately we're trying to be build a better product. But at the end of the day, it's just, you know, we rely on so many different partners sure. to actually do that. So, yeah, I would say around there. So, like when you say mid seven figures, like, you know, four to six million around there? Yeah, around okay. there. Okay. Anki, let, let's go back to you now. Uh, how many marketplaces are you uh, selling on now? Yeah, Bradley. So we are selling on multiple marketplaces. Amazon USA is our main one. Um, then Canada. Uh, I start uh, started selling last year to uh, marketplaces. UK and Germany was our big one, but because of the vet issues, I shut them down for temporarily, and uh, I will start them again. I got all the really good reviews. People loved our product in the UK, and those are the toughest people to convince because I had that. California uh, cancer warning on my packaging that I made for USA. I didn't realize it. UK people are sensitive. So some people wrote a negative review about it. Like, I'm not even using this product. It caused cancer. I'm like, oh. <laughs> so that was an epic fail. Uh, right before I start, I fail. So, but uh, other people loved it. So I will start it again. Um, now I just uh, launched uh, uh, Walmart is our next. Uh, we've been approved on Walmart for last year and a half. So we've been on Walmart. eBay uh, is also a big one. One big success for me on eBay was um, selling an open box items. But because eBay is mainly known for people to buy like a, a open and used products at, at a lower price. So they have that customer uh, uh, customer group of people who always looking for a deal. And what we did is we significantly um, lower the price because on Amazon, our return is significant. Our return monthly goes to somewhere between 30000 to 40000 since I'm in uh, electronics category. So, I mean, what are you going to do with that $30,000, $40,000 return, right? I like that. This is something I don't think 
any of our guests have really uh, talked about before. And now we have two guests on at the same time who both independently said the same thing and how it can be beneficial for Amazon sellers to be selling their private label products also on on eBay. So so sellers out there, you know, take take heed of of this. This might be something that you might be uh, missing out on. And I can definitely attest to the, the eBay model as well. Now, Anki, for you, um, all of your products across all the platforms, what do you think? You know, I know it's early again, rough estimate. What, what are you going to end up with as far as gross sales for this year? Uh, I'm hoping um, maybe same like we, as you said, we're at the same ballpark. I'm going to be middle eight figures. So um, I would say six or seven million. Okay. All right. We, I'm not sure if you're going to live up to your name and you might not win uh, this contest <laughs> here. Let's talk some more strategy. So so we, we got some strategy already. Hey, eBay, that, that's something new. Maybe our listeners haven't considered, but uh uh, you mentioned before that your product is a, a high price item. So first of all, how many SKUs are you selling? Like how many different products? Yeah, so that's also interesting uh, because I mainly have three main SKU uh, and two of them are best seller. Um, and one of them is kind of, I'm just selling it out. But those products, they require a lot of accessories, right? So then I'm also selling the complementing SKUs that those, it goes on. And now Amazon started virtual bundles. So I just got those accessories in stock uh, and I'm selling those virtual bundles. I'm in the process of creating it because a lot of people buy a lot of accessories and other uh, product that complements each other. So those other complementing products are roughly about uh, 13 or 14. And then I have created those single accessories into like uh, bundle accessories, right? So if you sell a single accessory, for example, for 10 bucks and you make $3 out of it, but if you bundle those five accessories and sell it for $20 instead of $50, now you're actually making 8 or $9 because you sell it bundled. You're using both the, the real physical bundling technique where you package it together and you're using the virtual bundle technique, you're saying? Yeah. So on Amazon, I will, I, I'm, I'm just in the process of doing today the virtual bundles because they just got in stock today on Amazon. But mm-hmm. we also have Shopify, a uh, site that I have been uh, pressing a lot harder, bringing a lot of traffic. So we're grossing really well on our Shopify store too. So we got, we sell a lot of bundles. You know, I even sell like, you know, warranties too. So I created a warranty and um, a lot of people are buying warranty for my electronics product because Amazon says, oh, buy a warranty for three years from Allstate. Oh, I say, well, why don't we have warranty? So, so I have warranties, I have bundles because, you know, I sell warranty for 20 bucks, but then in return, I give customers a $40 coupon code for a future upgrade after six months. So let's say I launch next product after six months and customer can come back and say, hey, I bought the warranty. So not only they have extra year of warranty, but now I have a better iPhone 13, for example, from 12 yeah. to 13, they can get $40 off for that $20 warranty. So guess what? I will have my customers coming back even after $40 off. I still will be making money there. I don't have to go and sell it. Customer will be getting good deal. So it's like a win-win. So and I'm also making 20 bucks right now, which I don't, it's not a physical product at all. Right. So, so I have that digital product kind of thing. Uh, hmm. And my product is good. So I don't have to replace a lot. And even though if I do, my supplier will go ahead and fix it anyways. I just had to send it back to China. They'll fix it coming back to USA and I can sell it back on eBay as refurbished. And now on Amazon, they reached out to us and they want us to open another Amazon account where we, I think it's called, I don't know, Amazon. Oh, I, I, I have a brain fart. I don't know what it's called, Amazon Open Box or Amazon Repack it something. So, and those go really fast. You can go to the electronics category and they'll have us, 
hey, buy this item cheaper as an open box, like right under your buy yeah. box or somewhere. So, so you're, but you're, I mean, you, you talk about these little accessories you have, but your main product, your, your money generating product, what's the retail price on it? Uh, the retail price on it is hundred bucks. hundred bucks. And what's your cost? Uh, the cost for that, it comes out to 55 bucks or 50 to 55 bucks, depending on shipping. So did you start off with that product? Was that like your first product? Because that, that's, that's a pretty, that would have been a pretty hefty investment. If, if that. Yeah, no, God, no. I, I start, I sell so many other products. I, I was in kitchen. The kitchen was the easiest. People say don't sell spatulas, but I guess I sold spatulas and I got a great success from it. Uh, I, you know, I invested heavily on my uh, designing the photograph and how my listing it was so good. So the, I sold the kitchen utensil sets before. So I have another brand and another Amazon account. And, you know, people actually reach out to me for buying that brand. But apparently I wasn't smart enough to sell it at the time. So <laughs> um, and now I'm not focusing there. So I'm not able to sell it. So but I was selling kitchen utensils. I was selling scoopers and stuff. And I actually designed that one of the scooper myself where it's a trigger and stuff. And I reached out to the manufacturer in China and they made it. Apparently, I sold 15,000 of them. And then after all the other sellers just copied my pictures, copied everything I did. And I'm like, okay, well, now there is nothing left on this. Let's move on. But that was the start. That 15,000 scooper, it was costing me $2.25. Amazon fees, five bucks. I was selling at $12.99, making me $5 profit per each. So if you sell you know, 20, 25, 30 a day, you're making three, four, five thousand dollars on the side. Yeah. And I was working on MRI job at the time and my salary was lower than that. So I made a goal that say once I make the three times my MRI salary, I will go ahead and quit my job. And two years ago I was able to do that. So basically did you have this goal that you wanted to do a higher price product? And so you're just like, hey, let me build up some capital here using these other methods so I can afford that kind of thing? Or or did that just opportunity come independently and later? Yeah. So it was a step-by-step success for me, right? You, you, you do one thing, it gives you confidence when you become successful, then you fail again, then you work hard, then you get more success. So retail art to kitchen gadgets, kitchen gadgets to, uh, I also sold some uh, electronics products, laser light, right? So those were expensive too. So Success after success, uh, small wins that gives you more confidence to go to the uh, next level products. Interesting, interesting. All right, now let's switch back to we now. Something different about you um, that I didn't know about is your main category you said is uh, supplements. That's correct. So how long ago did you start that? Like how many years ago? Uh, we started off there actually. And so um, the brand that we're currently um, you know, in right now is the brand that we started with. We have a lot of passion around uh, health in general and um, nutrition, and and I, we felt that supplements was a really interesting category because it was very high demand. But also, we found out very quickly that it was very highly competitive, and there's a really low barrier to entry for people to jump in there. So ultimately, at the end of the day, we said, hey, we do want to stick with this supplement category because we feel that you know we want to build a uh, a strong brand, a strong business, and so what do we need to do to be better? And, um, you know, we decided that we're not going to focus on being a loss leader, like the majority of the uh, supplement companies that are out there, they'll go out and uh, hire a contract manufacturer, take off the shelf, um, you know, packaging and, and um, raw materials and things like that, and just create a supplement for a couple bucks, and then go out and list it. And then uh, as everybody's selling the exact same formula and the exact same supplement, 
the price starts to come down and down and down. And so now it's just kind of a race to the bottom. Um, so what we've focused on is building a supplement product uh, that is high quality, uh, is tested on every batch that we uh, produce. And uh, we focus on education, is really educating the customers who are trying to purchase our products. And um, we're not creating generic supplements. We're creating supplements that are specific for certain niches. So we do uh, build out custom avatars. We understand our customers. And you know we've been selling on Amazon for eight years. Uh, we really understand kind of what our customers and our existing customers are looking for. And we try to build uh, you know products that are high quality, effective, and uh, meet the needs of those specific customers. So we're not really trying to you know compete with the masses, even though you know sometimes you know we end up in those categories, but uh, we're just trying to build a better product, higher price. And um, it's not higher price because we're just trying to make additional profit, but it is higher price because of the patented ingredients that we use and the different, uh, you know, the the way that we market and uh, you know all those different costs that actually come into it. Okay. All right, we're we're going we're going to um, kind of close like the last ten minutes or so with just like non like a something we haven't done like nonstop strategy session. But before before we get into that, a couple of questions, you know, for for both of you, I'll stick with you for a little bit. Um, you know, I, we've had a lot of women on the podcast who are also mothers and, and talked about that experience, but I, I feel like we haven't really talked about about being a, a dadapreneur, you know? So you've got, uh, <laughs> how old are your kids, We Yeah, so I've got two daughters and my uh, my youngest one is seven, my oldest one is nine. Okay. And, um, and you've yeah. always worked at home for most of their lives? Um, no, that's not necessarily true. Um, as I've had like multiple uh, kind of like careers as I was discovering what I wanted to be when I grow up, um, I used to work in corporate marketing. So I used to work for a Fortune 100 company um, and I was uh, one of the uh, marketing directors there. I was constantly traveling, flying all over the place. My wife and I wanted to have uh, kids and um, my wife's a teacher. So, you know, she already knew what she was going to uh, do for the rest of her life and knew how much money she was going to make when she retired. Um, but for me, I was just, you know, still trying to figure out what I wanted to do. So um, because of all the the traveling, you know, I I do enjoy spending time with my kids. And um, I didn't, you know, my life started to shift and change because I was traveling so much. So I did want to be home and travel less. So I started to move to different startups and smaller companies uh, in order to allow, you know, more flexible time with the kids. And, uh, you know, Amazon provides that opportunity for me to to do that now. So so so, so, I, so that, I mean that's good that you had both. So like yeah. contrast it like you know you don't have to go too into detail but like is it night and day like you feel like you're a better father or or it's better to be you know with what you're doing now as opposed to that traveling gig you had? Yeah, I mean so I think the contrast is that like I'm I'm a people person. I love uh, meeting people, I love networking and I attend all of the Helium 10 kind of uh, events, right? Because I enjoy that aspect mm -hmm. of face-to-face. -face. So that's what I do miss. And, um, you know, I miss the sales aspect of doing that. But, um, the, you know, the freedom that we have to work from home or work from wherever and spend time with the kids, it's not like I, I, I mean, I've always been more family-oriented just because my parents are very close and try to keep all of our, um, you know, family together and spend a lot of time with that. So they've instilled those values in me. And uh, so I've always kind of had that. But at the same time, you know, as you're growing up, you always you're trying to strive for better, you know, get that promotion make more money, buy a house and try to hit those milestones. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I realized that, you know, having the freedom to do whatever that you want to do and work wherever you want to work um, is ultimately, you know, what I want. And I think a lot of people are experiencing that right now with 
working from home, they're realizing that you know they may work just as much or more uh, from their jobs in the office, but they have the flexibility and freedom to actually see their family and uh, do do certain things. So cool. I think people are realizing what it takes to be an entrepreneur now. Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. And then last question for you before we go back to Ankit is, you know, you're you're a Helium 10 elite member. How have you been benefited from being a Helium 10 uh, elite member? Well, that's, um, I mean, the benefits are vast, right? So I think that when uh, Manny first started Helium 10, um, I gave the product a trial and I said, all right, this is awesome. I really appreciate what the Helium 10 guys are doing. They're building out a bunch of tools. They're not just focus, focusing on one area. And that's something that we truly appreciate. The difference between what Helium 10 does and what other uh, companies out there that are doing is they're trying to build a community that allows people to interact with each other. So, and also bring in great speakers and, you know, like the speakers and the different people that come in to provide the trainings, I can hear those people, you know, in other places, but to see those people face to face or interact with them and other Helium 10 members on a personal level is just massive. I've built, you know, a tremendous amount of relationships with that. If I have a question that I need to ask, um, instead of me posting it in the Helium 10 members or the Amazon High Rollers Facebook group mm-hmm. and get a bunch of random answers, I can hit up Enki or I can hit up, uh, you know, uh, Karen or anybody on the Helium 10 staff or any of the speakers that, you know, we've built a relationship with in the past and get a solid and uh, trustworthy yeah. opinion. Not always you know, am I going to follow that, but, you know, I think it's just invaluable that that access that you have. All right, cool, cool. Uh, Enki, going back to you, do you have kids at home? Yes, I have two girls also, um, six and uh, two and a half. Oh, okay. That's cool. Now, how, how about, uh, same question for you, you know, like talk just, you know, briefly about being a dad and, and being able to work from home and, and, you know, Hey, uh, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say this is a hundred percent the best thing in the world for everybody. It's different for everybody. So I'm just wondering how your experience has been. Uh, would you say that's positive or are there drawbacks? Yeah, it, this is super interesting. It, it is positive and there is a drawback uh, because the reason I wanted to do uh, this e-commerce and build my own business so I can quit my nine to five job. Uh, but then I was able to do that by working super hard. So I invested those time to able to quit the job. But then after I quit the job, I got busy building the team and the office abroad and hiring people, launching the product, getting success. So then I got busy also. So yes, I do uh, love working from home where I can see my kids grow up along with me. I can see them coming in the office and running out. Uh, not the best thing all the time when you're busy, but uh, I do love seeing, you know, see them growing away. Uh, whether if I used to go to my job, I just wake up, get my breakfast, you know, they're probably, they're sleeping. Um, since I was, you know, uh, radiology tech, I'm always on call. So I didn't get my weekends off. So they might be attending family function where I will be working. So it was hard. But so working from home and doing this Amazon business, uh, and, and now I, I even call it an e-commerce brand now, it's, it's definitely got its perk. But then you, uh, the one negative is I'm having a hard time uh, balancing, uh, you know, because I'm always thinking Amazon. Like back in the day when I was, you know, even I go uh, out with the friends, I'm always thinking of Amazon and, you know, uh, they're like, oh my God, you, you can't even have a good burger without thinking of Amazon. So yeah. like, ooh, that would be a good opportunity. This, this uh, napkin holder right here in this restaurant. Hmm, let me just look it up on Helium 10 really quick. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So I, I go shopping on Walmart for, with my wife and I'm almost scanning stuff. I'm like, oh my God, I got to stop. So yes, if you, can, yeah, if you can balance it, so you can spend more time with the kids where you just don't go for, okay, you know, keep doing more and more and more all the time. 
it's really good. You got to step back and relax and uh, celebrate that small wins. And as you know, that other wins will come. Yeah, it's funny. Like, especially now that, you know, I normally don't work at home. Obviously, I only do that because of COVID now. And and then my kids are are talking about, hey, you, you haven't talked about Cerebro today, but because but I'm, I'm pretty loud. And so they can just hear me throughout. So now they know all about Amazon because they're just bombarded with it all day long in the house. But the other question um, I, I had told uh, we was like, what about you? Like, what, what, how has being a Helium 10 Elite member benefited you? Oh, yeah. So I have been an Elite member ever since it was offered. Um, it, uh, it provides me the immense value. I don't have to go look courses after courses and to stay ahead of the game. Uh, working with the Kevin King, uh, the guests that he brings in, the hacks that he gives. Uh, I mean, it's just worth a thousands of dollars than you actually pay for it. So the value it gives me is I, I it keeps me ahead and uh, all this uh, advanced strategy, I can apply it uh, before anybody else can. Um, uh, the biggest part uh, and success for me with Elite is uh, exactly as what we said again, um, making these great relationships with everyone, right? And you know what kind of entrepreneurs are they? You know, it gives you that confidence inside that you know what if they can do it, I can do it. You know, and if you have any questions or concerns, whatever you held back, you can simply message them and hey, you know, how do you handle your shipping channel or who's your three PL or or how do you launch a product or, or or something new, anything you know? And everybody's willing to help. And recently, uh, I appreciate you guys doing that networking um, call every two weeks along uh, between those Helium Elite members. That has been, to me, is tremendous amount of knowledge. And it just gives me a lot more confidence, um, which is more important for me to gain that. Having a lot of money and selling good product is one thing. But if you don't have confidence, you can't be successful faster. Yep. Agree. Agree. All right. Now we're going to do something, guys, I've never done before. And I actually just decided to do it. While we were on the show, especially when we was talking about his name, about winning, we're going to, you guys, you know, if you listen to the podcast and those who listen out there, we do something at the end where uh, the guest does uh, just one, what we call the, which is a TST 30 second tip, right? You know, some like advanced, not, it doesn't have to be advanced. It could be basic, but just some really cool strategy that somebody thinks is unique that's helped them in their business that a listener could really do. So what we're going to do is we're not just going to have one. We're going to do like a, as long as we can go here. You know, we don't have too much time left here, but we're going to do a challenge, all right? So we're going to start with we, and you're going to have like 30 seconds. And, you know, if it's really good, I might give you like so, some more time here to give like <laughs> a, a about anything out there. And then, and then Ankit, you're, you're going to do one. And then each round, I'm going to pick a winner. Let's see. Uh, I, w I wish I had the audience able to, to pick winners. I don't like, I don't like uh, do, picking the winner, but- We'll, we'll see. Maybe maybe it'll be all tie. So so we, whenever you're a chance, or whenever you're ready, what is your first? <laughs> sure. So I think that uh, for us, uh, we don't um, do a tremendous amount of hacks. I think ultimately at the end of the day, uh, focus on building a better business. So that means a business that's not just focused on Amazon, a business that can capitalize on the other marketplaces and moving to where your customers uh, are. Uh, just building customer equity. And that's not always in terms of just sales, but you want to build out a community of loyalty and ultimately provide um, the best customer service that you can. I think that's one area that people lack or don't think about is they think that, you know, just let Amazon handle the customer service, but you need to be extremely proactive, go out there, respond to every review, respond to every feedback, uh, follow up with your customers and just provide outstanding customer service. 
and then you'll see uh, more reviews because of that. All right. So, so fo- um, look, uh, following yeah. up on every feedback, <laughs> following up on reviews, that's your uh, strategy. And it doesn't have to be like hacks, guys. Like, uh, you know, it could be um, one of one of it could have been, but it, we already talked about it was, hey, list your items on eBay. So so don't just think in the in the hack standpoint. That was a good one. All right. Anki, uh, we're turning it over to you. What's your first? Okay. So this is a cool one, guys. That really brought me a huge success. And I don't know if a lot of people are doing it. Since I was an MRI tech, uh, I didn't have a customer care. I was everything. I was one man team back then. So I'm like, okay, well, my electronic product, and there are a lot of people who actually don't know how to use it, even though you spell it out really plain, simple. Uh, so those people need help. So, you know, the 90% of the customers, I don't have to take care of it because they're smart and able to use it. And they probably won't write the review. But the important part for me and my success is that taking care of those 10% customer who you feel like, oh man, I'm going to slap all those 10% of them. So how do you take care of those 10% who's going to be angry and easy to write negative review? Uh, so I come up uh, with, like, you know what, we're going to provide a good customer care. So instead of having them email me, I used the text message service. I got a Google voice, uh, which is free. Um, and I use that number in my insert card and says, hey, you know what? You can email us for customer care. But if you want a faster answer, simply text us, you know, and we will reply to you faster. So those 10% of people, because they are lazy and they don't want to read manual to use it, those texted. And while I was working, because, you know, I do MRI, I actually have 30 minute break every patient because once the patient goes on the MRI, you really have 30, 30 minutes doing nothing. So I can go on my phone and answer those text messages. I mean, it's not all the time, but they just come in once in a while. But hmm. you reply to those people on Google voice text message, like you would like have a number 1847, whatever, right? It's just like you're texting your friends. So they'll be like, hey, how do I use this? How do you do this? And you just say, okay, just go ahead and do this. And they'll be like, oh my goodness, nobody on Amazon ever provided service like that. And then at the time it's like, oh, do you have any other questions? Or you butter it up a little bit and they're super happy. And I like they're, it. they're more willing to give you five-star review when you ask for it because you just blow them out of their chair by providing the tech support. It's like a personal. All right. For this round, I'm going to have to call it a tie. I like and keep your hack. Not really. See, I just said we're not going to do hacks, and I called it a hack. <laughs> I like your tip, but you you went way over time, so so you got penalty. Uh, you got penalty on that. So I'm going to call that round a tie. But that's that's pretty cool. All right, we back to you. What's your comeback? Okay, my comeback. Um, you know, since uh, we both talked about customer service and kind of going providing extra care and protecting your brand, um, I mentioned eBay before, but I didn't mention Wish. So. Uh, Wish is a new marketplace or for a lot of people and a lot of sellers are not thinking about this right now, but Wish is actually the third largest uh, marketplace in terms of traffic uh, right now. And if you go out there and take a look at who's selling your product, you'll just be amazed at how many people are selling your product and the prices. So I think that, you know, have a look at Wish, build a strategy um, and, you know, get on Wish. And also if you're selling on Walmart and you're using Deliver for uh, fulfillment services deliver has a direct integration into wish right now so that, um, you know, you can use your existing inventory from deliver and just set up and fulfill automatically to wish. Ooh, I've never heard about that before. The, uh, and kid that, that that's going to be a tough one to beat. <laughs> I don't know. What do you got for us? <laughs> yes, that's true. That was that fish is definitely a good strategy. Uh, my strategy on this is, yeah, uh, keep it similar is I launched on Amazon AE. So, um, and, uh, I had an account manager who helped me set it up. He helped me get deal of the day for free, which get me uh, 25, 30 sales. And I was instantly ranked for almost all the main keywords on page one. 
Do you search for the top keywords on my category? I'm on page one. Now I'm getting two, three sales a day. Um, and it's helping me grow um, on AE before it gets popular. So then it will, uh, I don't have to spend a lot of PPC money. So hopefully within, it's a long-term investment, but after two, three, four, or six months, when AE gets a little bit harder, you will be on the top listing, get more reviews, and you'll be able to make some kind of good, healthy income from AE rather than just focusing on Amazon US and Canada, which is my best selling places. Okay, I, li I like that. AE, I don't think a lot of people have talked about the opportunity there. We had somebody on here who was just starting on that marketplace. So that's a, that's a good one. Try and get the uh, account manager. You know, sometimes we get those emails say, hey, we'd like to you to expand your your marketplaces. So basically it's like, hey, take them up on that offer and see what, see what we can go with. I like it. All right, oh, I'm gonna have to go with we on this round because that, that, that was pretty cool about the deliver and, and wish. Let's go back to we for the final round, all right? What's your last of the day? So I think a lot of people out there are using uh, chatbots, using ManyChat to do rebate campaigns, and which is great. But I think that one of the things that um, you know, people are not focused on necessarily is always trying to acquire new customers. So um, you know, ManyChat does have a feature that's in there that allows you to send messages back out, uh, like sponsored messages that you paid for to go back out. And so take a look at that and see you know, how much that actually costs. And it may be less than the cost to acquire new customers if you're trying to launch new products uh, that are out there and people have already gone through um, you know, your funnel before, they are more likely to actually repurchase again uh, through your funnel if you uh, reach back out to them and you don't have to pay Facebook or uh, find new customers. Ooh, I like it, I like it. All right, and Keith, final round, go ahead. Uh, I would say I, uh, DSP is making a big impact for me for retargeting um, because I we spend a lot of PPC and a lot of outside traffic, people who view your Amazon listing, uh, but because Amazon didn't used to share their data before, you couldn't retarget those people. So they might forget about you or they might end up buying something else, but I have been using Amazon DSP and that allows me to actually retarget the people based on who viewed my listing or my product display pages. And that's actually working out really great because I'm able to re-win those customers by retargeting them. And the ROI is very, very, very good, which I haven't seen anywhere else. So those retargeting money invested uh, in DSP is very well spent and you will actually have positive ROI. Cool, I like it, I like it. All right, I'm gonna have to give a slight, slight edge to Ankit on there. So it's basically a tie because we tied the first round. We won the second round and then keep won the third round. So so you guys are pretty evenly matched both in sales and in strategies and as dads and elite members and as, and entrepreneurs wanted to be an entrepreneur when you were kids. You got a lot of uh, similarities. Asian parents, I mean, this this, this is, uh, I didn't plan it that way, but hey, uh, it kind of turned out pretty cool. But despite the similarities, you know, there's also a lot of differences, but the cool thing is that we all ended up, you know, kind of in the same space and, and that's the, you know, that's the main message I think of, of this podcast is that no matter, you know, what, how you were raised or what your initial ambitions were or, or what your parents wanted for you, you know, Amazon is really for everybody, you know, like, uh, anybody can make money on here. It doesn't require a specific training or a specific upbringing. And we all can end up here in the same place and, and, and have massive success as you two have had. So I'd love to bring you guys back uh, next year, uh, to see, Hey, how, how did you close out 2020? And then. Let's see if you were able to even scale up from, from 2021. So hopefully we'll start having in-person uh, meetups again, you know, for Helium 10 here with the elite so I can see you guys. But until then, uh, wish you guys the best and thanks for coming on the show. Thanks so much, Bradley.
Nice speaking with you too, Anki. Yeah, thank you guys. It was really uh, uh, nice speaking with you both.